0: Hey everybody, I am so excited to be with you today. Um, it feels like it has been a long time since I've been able to teach. Um, and I wanted to give you a bit of a life update because of that. Uh, in September uh, and through the fall, we try, my wife was pregnant and we had a little girl due the middle of October. So we kind of planned our September to be really full and then gonna take it really easy in October just in case she was a little bit early. Uh, well, we figured out that you can't actually plan When babies come, and she came a lot more earlier than we thought. And uh, I was supposed to teach uh, in the middle of October or middle of September. Um, But she came three and a half weeks early, and she is just doing fantastic. Um, Here's a picture of McKenna Joelle Kuman. Um, We are loving life with her. She's about four and a half, five weeks old already now, Um, just enjoying life so much. You can see in one of those pictures, uh, she does not even need any pillows um, because her cheeks are just so large. So we're loving pinching those things. We're just having a blast with her and enjoying life with her. With her And we're figuring out that um, how little sleep parents actually run off when there are newborns. It's it's amazing how little sleep you actually get. But we're loving her. We're loving life. Jalen's doing great too. Um, and we're so excited for the future and for you guys to meet her at some point soon too. So um, before we get into this, why don't we join in prayer together? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day that um, we can dive into your word together. Um, I ask that you use my words to speak um, a new way into everyone's life, and I ask that if there's something that is false that comes out of me, that you just deaden those words. Um, Be with me in everything I do and speak today. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So we're going to start out today um, with a story from my childhood. Uh, in, when I was younger, I loved playing sports. I loved soccer. I loved baseball, basketball, football, like anything that involved a ball and a bunch of my buddies, we would play all the time. And come middle school, high school area, I, this is going to be hard to picture, but I was lanky um, and not very muscular. I know that's going to be a surprise to many of you. Um, and there's a long distance between like my fingertips and like my brain, so the hand-eyed coordination was never, never quite up to par with everybody else. Um, and I was trying out for a seventh and eighth grade baseball team um, when I was a seventh grader um, at Zeal and Christian. Just so excited for this team because I had a lot of my buddies who were trying out for this one, and I knew I was going to be one of those guys who was on the line, right? I wasn't phenomenal at baseball, but I could hold my own, so did a lot of practicing with a bunch of buddies. I remember throwing the baseball in the backyard with my dad, just getting ready for these tryouts in the spring, and we get to tryouts, and I put it all out on the table. I do my very best. I'm pretty happy with my performance. Looking around, I know, I know I'm going to be right on that line though, so I give it all out there. And a few days go by with tryouts, and at the end of tryouts, the coach brings us into a classroom, and he sits us all down and he says, "Guys, um, a few of you are not going to make the team." Um, pretty encouraging way to start the meeting and he says I am slowly going to read off names and if I call your name that means that you've made the team you've made it Um, but if I call your name I need you to walk out of the room and then for those of you who are left at the end um, I want to have a conversation about uh, what you can do better maybe for next year and some of those things so everyone's like yep sounds great. And the coach starts reading off names, and you can, uh, you can imagine, like, some of the names are like, yeah, of course, they made the team, yeah, they're really good, oh, they're the coach's son, like, some of those types of things, right? Yeah, you could just picture that, they're reading off names, yep, yep, and I'm sitting there in anticipation for my name to be called, and all of a sudden, I hear it, Matt Kuman. Oh so exciting I was I was there was so much joy that was out of me. I stood up with pride. I was so excited. I'm looking around at everyone else thinking suckers. I don't know if you made it, but I sure did and I'm walking out. Uh, I was just it was one of those moments where I had tried so hard and I knew I was right on the line so to be called was was just so fantastic and I get out of my seat, And I look at the coach, and the coach is looking down with some concern at his notes, and all of a a sudden he says, I called the wrong mat. (laughs) What? I'm standing there, walking out the door, he says, hang on, I, I called the wrong mat. And... You can imagine as a middle school boy with tons of great emotions that turned to sadness really quickly, I didn't quite know how to handle my emotions, and I just start weeping there, um, like a seventh grade boy who just got cut from baseball. Um, I wept, and it was one of those weeps that you can't really get control of it back, right? It's just like sadness was pouring out of me. Um, and I remember that moment thinking, oh, There's so much rejection that I had felt. It's not that the coach necessarily rejected me, but I felt rejected by my team. I felt rejected by what I was going to be missing out of that And that rejection um, is a very real thing, isn't it? I think a lot of us can think back to a time, whether it's in middle school or high school, or even maybe it's just recently, where you have felt rejected by some things. Um, And Paul, in chapter 4, is speaking to this idea of rejection, um, because the Galatians are dealing with some of these things. Um, But before we get into our specific verse, I want to talk about A little bit of the context about the verse that we're getting into today. Uh, We are in our fourth week of Galatians. um, You matter to God. Grace, you matter to God. And in the beginning of this series, Eric kind of broke down um, the context a little bit. And I love this image of a mother bear. Because Paul, in this book, it seems as though he's very upset. Like he's angry. He's, He's really emotional about something. And yet it's a book about grace. So, those things don't really seem to align with each other. Why is he so angry? And yet, he's speaking of this great thing about grace that Jesus Christ offers. What is that about? Um, and Eric shared this image of a mother bear when uh, she has some cubs up in a tree, and a grown male bear comes along and she runs that bear out because she knows the danger that that male bear could be to her cubs. So, she runs them out. She's hitting them, she's slapping them, kicking them, biting them, just doing everything she can to get the danger away. Um, and in the same way, Paul is using that same aggression, that same anger, because he knows his, the, the Galatians, the one he had taught about Jesus Christ, were in danger of something. So he comes off really strong, um, but it's in chapter 4 that we get a little bit of a different hint of tone come through. Um, he's used the, this anger tone for three chapters so far, but it makes a different turn in chapter four where there's even language like the, uh, Paul's pleading and using the language of, my dear children. See, he's helped the Galatians realize that they they are in danger, right? There, there are some dangerous things out there. He's made them aware of those things, and now he's changing it to be the, okay, but here's what we're going to do about it. Remember the things that I've talked about. Remember the wonderful news of God's grace that I have told you about. Don't forget about those things, um, He's explaining to them to stop living in the old mindset. Eric spoke last week of circumcision and the idea of that and they were holding to those things. Um, What does it look like for them to forget about that old mindset and the sin that they had in their lives and remember the the goodness of God's grace in there that they are wanted by God and they were made righteous by God. So, the verse that we're going to be in specifically today is Galatians 4, verse 7. And we're only doing one verse today, so I hope you're able to grab devotions this week and read through those. If you didn't get a chance you can still find those online, but we're just going to be in verse 7 today, and it says this. So, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. All right, your name was called, right? God has called you by name. I mean, if any of you are watching this and thinking and hearing these words, and maybe you're thinking, okay, this is ringing a little bit different in my ear. It's there's no longer a slave, there's this idea that God called you into his family. Um, And I think those of you who were adopted as kids have a special privilege in this and a special knowledge of what this verse means even, even even more than us who weren't adopted because you know the feeling of what it's like to be called into a family that you may not were once a part of or you were called by name into a family and this is the language that we get in here. See, this verse tells us that we are, God didn't just love us and forgive us. He brought us into his family. He chose us. And at the end of that, we hear the language of the an heir. Um, and we don't use the language of heir very much. Sometimes heir, not A-I-R. It's H-E-I-R. Hair, hair. Not really that either. Let's just keep on moving. This language, I can't even say the language of the hair. Air, the language of air. So we have this, this language we don't often use, and I love this idea of God not only calling us by name, but calling us an heir with Christ. Um, this language, I, I want you to picture, maybe you're walking down the road and somebody famous that's quite wealthy goes past you. Maybe it's Bill Gates. Let's let's use Dave Ramsey because um, I, I listen to him quite a bit. If he's walking down the road next to you and he says, I want you to be part of, part of my family. I'm going to adopt you, right? You're like... Uh, Really? But if he says, I want to make you an heir of my estate, all of a sudden that may change change your opinion a little bit. You may think, you know, I'm really close with my family, but being an heir of Dave Ramsey's family can make this conversation a little bit different. Let's talk about what that looks like, right? Being an heir of something entitles you to some things because you're able to get the graces of what, if it's Dave Ramsey, you get get potential to some of the estate, some of his business. Like, what does that look like, being a child of God, being an heir of what God offers? You see, we were far from God. At one time, we were far from God, living in this identity that the world so often tosses at us. We kind of hold on to some of those things. We live in sin and the sinful identity, but yet he brought us back. And he called us by name. And God even makes this promise through an earlier book. We're in Galatians, which was in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, there's a prophet who's called Isaiah. And he says these words out of chapter 43 that I think are so, so good. It says this, But now, this is what the Lord said. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you, and I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. Um, I remember over the last few months even about six months ago, as we were starting to think about names for our little girl. Um, even before we knew she was a girl, we were running through guys' names and girl names and trying to think about what we were going to call our future child. This is we We're so excited about this. Um, Jalen went through like just all the Pinterest name ideas of the greatest names ever. Matt was at the top of that list, so we didn't really want to choose that. But all these great names... were we spent so much time because there's significance in the name right we want to think about okay does does this name flow well with with kumin right is that going to make sense together um, what are her friends I'm going to call her. She Trying to pick a name that she won't be mocked by something later, right? Picking a name where when we use her middle name with it, that she's going to respond quickly and respectfully, right? All of these different things of, okay, there is so much significance that comes out of a name, and we want we want the name to be right. Like, we want to be able to call her by a specific name. And I think even More simply, like if you walk into a space that you're unfamiliar and someone calls you by name and says, hey, Matt, like that space all of a sudden becomes so much more welcoming because you're called by name. It's very different than if you walk into the room and no one calls you by name and someone just like, hey, champ, hey, bud, like... If they don't know you by name, it's, it, it gets a different feeling. But if you're called by name, if someone gives you that, like there is so much importance that comes out of that. See, God says, do not fear. I have redeemed you. And that means I have brought you back into my family. I've redeemed you. I've paid the debt of the sin that you've committed. See, I know you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Um, I did a wedding over this past summer, and what I typically do with weddings is I'll ask the couple if there's any specific scripture passage that they want to be read at the wedding. Um, and this particular couple um, said they wanted the, the words that we speak at the end of the message to be their main scripture passage. Um, and if you've been here a little bit or you've watched us for a while, you know the words after Justin comes back up on the stage, and it, it's the benediction It's these words that Aaron um, spoke over the Israelites in the Old Testament. It's the, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. It's those words. And those are the words that we, we bless over you as you leave whatever space you're in and go out into the world. Um, and they wanted, they wanted those words as their main scripture passage. And I love that. I was so excited to look into that a little bit more and research that. Um, and it wasn't until... I had uh, McKenna um, as a baby. It wasn't until we had that moment that my eyes were open to those words in a very different way. Um, because there's, there's been a few moments now that she's just crying, right? A- as an infant, they don't know really where to look. They don't know where to focus on. They don't know where to put their eyes, um, and they're upset. So there, there was a moment where I lifted her up, and I was trying to get her, her to look at me, and I just couldn't. So I lifted her up so that she could only look at me, right? I lifted her face up so that I when she was looking down, I was the only thing she could see. There may have been chaos going around in the room. I have no idea, but I wanted her to singly focus at me Right and that changed those words for me so much may the lord turn his face towards you like lift his, he lifted his face up towards you that means he is literally as he's looking at you as a child and picking you up and saying like i've got this only look at me i know there may be chaos around in this world but look at me i've got this i've called you by name you are my child Right, That image of being called by name, being a child of God is so evident. Um, and I think the Galatians especially needed to hear these words. And I think we need to be reminded of those things today too. Because how many of us are living under this false identity of what the world tries to tell us? Under this false assumption of the things that the world puts on us, the labels that people put on us that, don't, that are not accurate. How many of you have felt unchosen? Maybe it's in a sport. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in family. Um, I think specifically to the video that was shown right before the message where um, this lady writes on her arm, rejected. Right, You can see as she's writing that, that those words actually almost start to welt because there's, there's an emotional pain when there's rejection, but there's often a physical pain that you can really actually see too. It's not just emotional. And that pain can be so hard um, because those feelings are real. Those feelings of rejection are real and rejection hurts. See, but the truth is, We're not rejected. We're not rejected by God um, because we are chosen. We're called by name. And see, what I find so interesting is God could have just saved us um, because surely that, that would have been enough. He could have just saved us, but he offers so much more than that. See, he could have just given us justice which is what we deserve. Um, justice from the sin we have committed. We deserve to, we, we are sinful by nature and we deserve justice. But he didn't give us justice. Um, we could have gotten mercy from the things that, that we have committed, the sins that we have committed. We could have gotten mercy on those, but God gave us even more than that. God gave us grace it's get, grace is getting more than we could ever imagine. Um, it's this idea that we're not only forgiven um, by this punishment that Christ has paid for us; we are chosen to become an heir of Christ. We're, it's this idea of grace. I think back to the story of me in seventh grade, standing up um, after being called by name and saying, "No, that." that wasn't the right mat that I was supposed to call. I think of, I remember the shame and the disappointment and the heartache that I had, and even the anger of being rejected, thinking of, okay, it it wasn't just that moment that I was going to be rejected. I knew that as I was sitting in bed that night, thinking about how I may be rejected when I come into school the next day, and thinking of how are people going to look at me differently now that they know I've been cut from this team and I'm not going to be with my friends anymore because they're all going to be busy doing this? There was, there was so much shame and disappointment in my life. I felt truly rejected. You see, but let's let's be real here because what, what what can we actually do about this? And there's often a few different things that we do when we feel rejected, right? We often don't think, Right. Uh, okay, no, God has made me reject. There's often something else we go to first. Um, maybe when we feel rejected, we try and numb the feelings of rejection. Uh, maybe that's through alcohol or substance abuse or drugs. Um, I often think of uh, many people who turn to Netflix or um, reality TV and live their life through some, something else. Right? That is, if I feel rejected, I often go to a reality TV where I can watch somebody else's life unfold and I can focus on their life and not think about the rejection in my life. Right? We try and numb the pain. We try and get rid of those feelings. Um, maybe we we see our feelings and we look at other people and think, okay, they're actually more rejected than me. So you put your feelings of rejection on somebody else. Right? I think too, the baseball tryouts, I knew I, I had gotten cut, but I knew there was for sure somebody else who was not going to make the team. So I knew they were more rejected than me, right? I thought of those feelings, and we often put our rejection on other people's lives. Um, I think also to this idea that we may make, try and make ourselves more desirable to other people if we feel rejected, Maybe that's by the things we wear, uh, by the things we say, by the things that we do. We make ourselves more desirable to hide and numb that feeling of rejection. Um, but I think so often if we lean on those different numbing things, the uh, placing blame and rejection on somebody else, um, numbing it in different ways, we that often can work for a little bit, but After a certain amount of time, we feel more rejected because those things were never dealt with. See, Christ, I I love this, the video that played in the beginning, because after she wrote rejected, you see Jesus Christ dip his towel into the water and pick it back up and go to her arm and wash it off. See, it's this idea that we can write whatever we want on our arm, but yet Christ has redeemed us. Christ has washed those things off of our life. You are chosen by God. If you hear anything today, hear those words that you are chosen by God. You are a child of God and called by name. You see, don't we? We can't fall into being a slave of the old world. The Galatians struggled with this because they were getting mixed messages of what what it meant to be a Christ follower and what, what they had to do to get to those things. And Paul's reminding them, don't fall into those old ways that you used to live. Don't fall into those old temptations. Live into what I've been teaching you about. Christ has redeemed you. Christ is the only way. Christ has given you so much grace. He calls you by name. He has proved that you are wanted. See, I think there's probably two different groups of people in this, uh, this camp that may be hearing this message two different ways. I think there's some of you that need to hear those words so clearly that you are called by God, you are called by name, that you are chosen by him, and hear those things today. And if you're somebody who knows those things and doesn't necessarily st- struggle with writing rejection on your arm because you're no- you know you're a child of God, you get to be the cure for those who don't know those things. Because there are so many people who are fall- falling under this rejection, this pain of life, and you need to be the ones who are going out. And speaking life into them. Reminding them that they are called by God. That what's going on in this world, the chaos and everything that the world may be speaking to them is not true. That they are called by name. That they are called and chosen by God. See, help them to understand that they don't need to be tricked into continuing to be a slave under the rejection that we can so often feel. See, what does this look like for our lives? Um, I challenge you so much today, and I hope you hear me clearly. God has called you by name. You are redeemed. You are not rejected. Don't look to this world to fill that rejection. Look up. Look to God. Get in devotions. Be reminded that you are called by name, and you are a child of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the way you spoke to Paul and how he spoke to the Galatians in reminding them that they are called by name. Um, it was something that was written so long ago, but that imply uh, is so good for us to hear those words today. Um, I ask that as we remember that we are called by you, that we are called by name that we're able to talk to our friends about this when they are feeling rejection to be able to remind them what that looks like in our lives. I ask that we don't just hear this message today and forget about it tomorrow. I ask that you put this on our hearts and equip us to have the conversations that we need to this week um, to be able to tell people that they are called and they are chosen by God. In your name we pray. Amen. Remember that at the beginning of the message, I told the story of being called by name and then them retracting that name. Um, I want to leave one last thing with you today is this idea that God will not make that mistake. He will not call your name and say, oh, I didn't actually mean him. I meant the other person who's better at that. He's not going to say, I didn't actually want her. Heard to hear those words. God will never make that mistake. He has called you. He has made your name on purpose. He will never say you were a mistake. You were chosen by God. He has called you by name. Remember those things as you go this week and go with this final blessing that we talked about earlier. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you, lift up his face, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, go in peace. Have a great week.